0: Welcome back to Where Are All My Friends. First and foremost, I am so sorry for the delay in episodes. I have a really crazy story that kind of made me hit pause on a whole lot of life. So I was on tour with Carly Rae Jepsen a few weeks ago, incredible full summer tour, absolutely amazing. And completely outside of the tour, we were in Nashville. I had an accident and I broke my leg. And it was early in the morning. I really didn't think anything of it. I thought that I had just dislocated it. Finally, by like three o'clock, it still hurt. And I uh, I went to urgent care. They took x-rays and they're like, dude, you, you broke your femur. You have to go to the emergency room. You have to get surgery. So... I was really fucked up. Um, it was really scary. It really sucked, but everything is better now or getting better. Uh, I got surgery. It seems to be going well. Um, nothing but love for everyone who reached out to me, helped me, took care of me. Anything. Definitely felt the love. Definitely a huge reminder to not take anything for granted and to appreciate everything you have so that's that we're on the mend i'm working on getting more guests it was very hard because i normally record these in person and i was kind of just stuck in florida after i recovered or after i got the surgery in nashville that kind of brings me to how i have the next guest which is really cool so i'm down here in florida recovering and a very close friend of mine frank lapore who is a professional magic the gathering player he streams a whole bunch on twitch one day we meet up to get food and he's like yo my friend Dan's is in town from New York she's visiting her family she does a bunch of music stuff we should all hang out and get food so I'm like yeah for sure we get together we get food and Dan's ends up having this incredible story and being this amazing artist who's done so so much So as we're talking, it was just one of those things of like, yo, we should do a podcast episode. I've been stuck here, I haven't been able to do any, and you have this amazing story, and we're here. So the next day, we get together. We intentionally didn't talk too much about music so it would stay organic. And then we recorded this podcast and it was awesome. I, I knew from the first day that she had a good story, but I didn't know just how good it would be and how many levels and layers there would be. So if you aren't familiar, uh, Dan's artist project is called Computer Magic. And I guess to put it short, I'd call it synth pop, kind of like an experimental electronic side to it, heavily influenced by like analog synths. And we get into it all in the episode, But it's just incredible. She grew up in New York, she had a music blog and would write about music and just obsess over music, then got into DJing in New York, then actually took a break from that, comes to Florida and started writing music completely by ear. No formal training had a little bit of time in Florida and just started messing around and was like, wait a minute, you can write really good music. And her mom kind of had to point that out to her. I don't want to give too much away because the story is awesome. But she starts writing music. It's really good. It gets this online cult following. She knew how to spread it just from writing a blog herself. A Japanese label takes interest in it. She ends up releasing a bunch of music on this Japanese label and like becomes actually huge in Japan. It's just this amazing story and the fact that she's self-taught and the fact that just all of it is just this vision of somebody who just loves music. It was an incredible story and I loved that we really didn't know each other. We just met up and it was just this serendipitous thing. So talk about a silver lining. It sucks to break a leg. It sucks to be down and out but... If it hadn't been for that, we never would have met and we wouldn't have this incredible episode. So I'm really glad that at least that came of it because she's really cool and I'm really excited to tell this story. With that said, let's get into it. All right. So, damn, I love this because we just met each other. We did. Through a crazy serendipitous (laughs) moment of friends of friends. Yeah. And we both ended up being some part of music. So yeah. we get to talking and it was just like, wait a minute, <laughs> you do cool music stuff? I have a podcast around music stuff? <laughs> so we met through our mutual friend, Frank Lepore, mm-hmm. who streams Magic the Gathering. <laughs> and you met him because you also stream video games and had a mutual friend named Matt, right?
1: Yeah. So I stream video games and my friend Matt... Uh, found out about this and he was like whoa you stream the only other person i know that streams is this guy frank you should watch his stream and so he showed me it and then uh, i just started watching it and then i came down to florida to visit my mom (laughs) and we just kind of met up and then you and i met and
0: and i was here randomly because i broke my leg on tour yeah (laughs) And here we are now recording a podcast, which is crazy. <laughs> so normally what I do, and we talked about this too, where we intentionally didn't deep dive on either side of what we do because yeah. we wanted it to just stay organic. Yeah. So I'm really excited to hear a lot more of your story as a musician. Okay. But on my side with the podcast, normally what I do is like, I just love to hear like the come up story. like the what got you to where you're at now like those pivotal moments where it's like oh damn this connected to this all of those things but before we get into that for anybody that doesn't know you just like a super quick introduction of who you are and what you do and what your project is
1: okay so my name is Danz and I make music under the moniker of computer magic um I've been making music since I want to say like the later part of 2010 up until now so almost 10 ish years
0: 10 years
1: yeah um I started uh kind of, it was kind of an accident when I learned that I could make music at all but now it's my career and I make sometimes make uh decent money from it and so that's my living now. Enough to live. And um, yeah, I'm, yeah, a musician, so.
0: Okay, cool. I feel like that's the perfect <laughs> intro, and obviously, like, we'll get way more into it. But then, okay, so cool. So take me back, like, I guess the most basic question is, where are
1: you from? So I'm from upstate New York. Okay. Uh, about, like, an hour and 45 minutes northwest-ish from New York City. Okay. Uh, Yeah, from an area called the Catskills. Yep. Um, if you're not familiar with upstate New York I'd say the town that most people Generally know is Woodstock So like I grew up next to The the Woodstock site Okay, cool so, In the middle of nowhere basically That
0: works, yeah, yeah, yeah and then we were talking about this because, like, here we are in Florida and we have family in Florida. So mm-hmm. did you spend most of your youth in that area or did you move around or, like, how long were you there?
1: So I lived in upstate New York until I graduated high school. Oh, okay.
0: So you were there for, like, your childhood. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: my parents, my mom, my stepdad had a, a condo in, like, Madeira Beach area that I'd go to when I was, like, 14-ish. Yeah. Um, So I grew up, like, coming to Florida sometimes, and then once I graduated high school, my mom was just like, I don't want to deal with the snow anymore, and she moved to Florida full-time. But I've only really ever lived in New York State, really, except I moved to Florida briefly for, like, like six months or something.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, New York has been life.
1: Yeah, always.
0: Because now you're in the city, but you moved from you finished high school upstate yes. and then did you pretty much go to the city right after that
1: right uh, after i graduated i went directly i went to hunter college oh right yeah we talked and, about that yeah, yeah. yeah went to hunter college briefly mm-hmm. did not do well in college <laughs> didn't pay attention <laughs> but was basically i just didn't know what i wanted to do and so
0: i was just gonna ask that like yeah. do you think that like you just didn't care about college or you could tell enough that it just wasn't what you cared about. It
1: was to just being in New York city. So I had to Hunter didn't have dormitories or like they had dorm dorms, but you had to apply for them and there weren't many. So if you didn't get into a dorm, you had to find an apartment mm. and rent was, I mean, compared to now it's not expensive, but it was like expensive for like a teenager. And so I would work at a restaurant all the time and I was, I started to DJ and I was like going out and DJing and...
0: So this is, I know this is a dumb question, but yeah. Hunter College is in...
1: It's in Manhattan.
0: Oh, it's in directly Manhattan. Yeah,
1: it's on oh. like 68th Street.
0: Okay, so it's in yeah, the
1: city. Yeah, it's a city college. Okay. Um, that's part, part of the reason why I went. It's like, I, I think I, I was like into graphic design a little bit in high school and I wanted to go to like Parsons... Um, but those schools were just, like, too expensive. And yeah. so Hunter College was a city college. And I went, but I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And I was just working a lot to afford rent. And I th- my intention was, or I was telling you the other day, yeah. that my intention was to just, like, uh, go over the PowerPoint presentations at home and show up for the midterm. Oh, you had a whole
0: plan yet? You, like- I
1: had a whole plan, but it just... I never did show up for the midterms and then um the report card came to my parents and they were like and they had helped me like uh not necessarily paying for my rent but like helping me go to school and when they got my report card they were like we are not going to do this and I was like I I mean of course like I get that and so it's like all right I'm just gonna kind of I just kind of was floating around, just like working at restaurants and DJing. Well, yeah, you said that and that yeah. caught my
0: attention. So even in school, just to like keep things going and to have money, you started working restaurants, but then DJing.
1: Yeah. So when I was in high school, before I moved to the city, I had a music blog.
0: Oh, what?
1: I had a music blog that was like, do you, are you familiar with the Hype Machine?
0: Oh my God. Yes. Okay.
1: So like I had this music blog and uh, i remember at the time i was like a member of this this website called oink which was this like weird torrenting site where like it was like the best quality like you can only put songs on there if they were like 320 kilobytes per second okay. and like the artwork was there and it was like people in the industry were using this site and i was like just a nerd like on all these like bands forums and stuff and someone had sent me an invite to the site and so i was like fine like all this like be like just music that not everybody had access to. Posted on my blog and it would get like top in the hype machine.
0: Whoa! And then yeah, on, because hype machine would pull blogs like I don't even know how that algorithm works. So
1: yeah, they just kind of like scoured these blogs and then whatever MP3s they would post. Yeah. Just hype machine would play
0: that's crazy you say that because yeah. there was that time period probably like 2008 ish yeah where i found so much music off hype machine oh, because yeah. blogs were so relevant
1: that back then yeah that's like i mean me like myself like i was always going on blogs and i would like write reviews and stuff whoa like i remember for for english class for like extra credit i was like writing for my this friend this friend that I had met online, I was like writing reviews of albums for his blog, and for extra credit, I would like m- write a music review and give it Whoa. to my English teacher, and he was like, "Oh, that's so cool." What like, kind
0: I, of genres? Like, did you gravitate towards anything specifically, or were you everywhere?
1: um I was like everywhere, like Animal Collective. I'd listen to, Yo. but like I was like into like I look at my old blog posts, like I was into like Leonard Cohen as a kid. Like, I it's I was just on the internet all the time looking up music that i liked I-, I was like in in class with like one earbud in all day long listening to music oh. and uh
0: so it was there like your love for music
1: well i was like obs- i'd be upset like if i like the beatles i'd be like okay well now i have to listen to every single beatles record like i was just like obsessive i think that's just my personality like i become obsessive with things but like
0: did you have other things like that, or like did music stand out? Like, of like m- Wait, it was I, just I'm in.
1: M- just music, really. Um, but with that blog, when I moved to the city, like because I was on this was like back in the MySpace days, so yeah. like I knew the cool parties in the city like before I had moved down there, and I approached the DJs on MySpace and I was like, "Hey, you know, I'm Dan's. Like even back then, my nickname was like Danzy." uh i shortened it to dance it's like more adult <laughs> but um, <laughs> you know
0: you grow up you shorten it to yeah. dance as you do
1: but i would approach these djs and these parties and be like hey i have this music blog i'm gonna be in the city i'd like to be a guest dj like i didn't even know
0: whoa like how
1: to do it but i was like i'll just go and i'll figure it out yeah. and when i was 18 it was my first dj gig and i remember i had like Back then, it was CDJs, which I th- think people still use now, but with, like, thumb drives. But I had, like, burned CDs of, like, all the songs I was going to play. And my first DJ set was all, like, this super rare, like, stuff and, like, B-sides and all this, like, you know, just stuff that was new. Yeah. And I remember playing and, like, the first first night, some the other DJ was like, do you have anything that people know? And I was <laughs> like, oh, uh... No. <laughs> but then after that, I was like, okay, so if you DJ, this is what you have to do. Like, that was, like, the first time I had, like, a cocktail. Like, was that, like, a Whoa. my first DJ gig when I was 18? Like Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, so my life was, in the city, was lots of, I started DJing eventually, like, two or three nights a week. Yeah. And, like, having my own parties. Whoa, really? At, yeah. For... Well, a bunch of years until i was like till i turned 21 yeah and i remember on my 21st birthday i was like i don't wanna <laughs> it's like i'm done with like this lifestyle really and that's when i moved to florida to take a break oh my when God. i was like 21 and that's when i learned to i taught myself how to make Ableton I'm like jumping ahead but like no
0: that's crazy because we were talking about that just that little piece yesterday so yeah that fills in such a piece for me and that blows my mind because that obviously explains like you've had a love for music for so long yeah just writing and listening and becoming obsessed with finding everything you could yeah and then at such an early age you think you're gonna go to school it's kind of whatever don't find anything you connect yeah but then you find DJing and you find this scene in the city
1: yeah
0: and give your i mean that's what three years two or three years yeah 18 19 20
1: yeah like like three ish years three four years almost
0: to the point where you become so comfortable with it and like do it enough to at 21 wanting to get away from it
1: yeah i was well just just the lifestyle in general of it's funny because i was gonna say never seeing the sun but like now like i'll stay up doing uh, like not necessarily drinking but like working on music or something
0: yeah, because that scene has... To, like, I actually don't know that scene, but I can only imagine. Because, like, parties and stuff don't start
1: till... Yeah, like, New York, it's not till later. Yeah. And it's just... A, I don't know, it's exhausting. And I would see, like, people older than me who had been, like, doing this life mm-hmm. for very long. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't want to be, like, all like a an older partying, like, DJ. Like, I, I don't know. Like, not that there's anything wrong with that, but it was just, like, I want uh i was just, just i remember waking up one morning and i was like i need to f- figure out what i want to do yeah. and i had i still at that point like i still loved music but i didn't want to be a dj forever and i didn't at this point i didn't know i could make music and my thing was like well maybe graphic design i was really into movies and i was like and i was when i was a kid i would like write like stories and oh cool stuff and i was like maybe i be a screenwriter like I had no idea
0: so you always had like a creative outlet
1: definitely always creative but just not focused yet on what what thing
0: and then my last question on the DJ thing is did you get to a point where it was like somewhat successful like were you making enough money where you could have kept going with it
1: Mm, not it was like enough to pay to just get by paying my rent okay but I mean I remember days when I would have you know, just enough that day I'd be like, alright, well, I know if I get a buttered bagel, that's 75 cents and um, I know how to get, to, and I was also like working at at this time, like restaurants and retail and stuff, I was like, I know I've got this enough to get to the train and it was like, it just, I didn't want to okay. So it's, it wasn't it was like I was getting by, but not comfortably.
0: It wasn't like you had enough of a taste of success where you're like, this is gonna be really hard to leave because the money's so good. You were just like, no, I don't know no. if this is gonna be the life.
1: No, and I wasn't like releasing, yeah, I was just like a a like just a um like a small DJ. Like I wasn't like like somebody like Diplo, for instance, or like Calvin Harris has makes their own remixes and stuff like that. I was just like i'd go to there was bars that i would dj at like every week or whatever and like i was kind of like just like curating the music at these places so you
0: were basically like almost bringing your blog to life where you'd find all of this incredible music yeah you just go dj and play cool stuff
1: yeah exactly i still had the blog at the time um can i know what it was called uh yeah i'll i'll bring it up for you later but okay okay okay. it looks really bad now because all the it's like all all the images are were hosted on photo bucket oh and like they're all it's just like photo looks like photo bucket now it's still there it's like a blog spot okay but i'll show it to you all right tight
0: tight (laughs) okay so then florida so you get to a point where you're just like i'm not gonna do this i
1: yeah i get to a point where yeah i woke up one morning called my mom i was like mom you know can I just like take a break from New York and move to Florida and at this point I was like I had I was staying I was living I found this Craigslist place and like uh like a basement of this guy in bed and it was just like in New York in New York yeah, yeah. it was like 500 bucks a month and uh, so it was pretty affordable but like the guy was like I don't want to say he's a creep because nothing bad ever happened, but it's just like, I wasn't comfortable. It's a weird vibe. Weird vibe. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. And I was just like, I need to to get out. Yeah. And my mom was like more than happy. She's like, yeah, come to Florida. You know, you'll recharge. We'll figure it out. And I just got on a plane, like one-way ticket, and put a bunch of my stuff upstate at my dad's. And my My dad and my stepdad still live upstate. Yeah. Um, but I just brought my stuff up there and came to Florida Whoa. without any plan. Yeah,
0: so no real plan. You just no. all you had was I need to change this.
1: Up. I had like, my laptop, Yep. and clothes and I was like I need to get out of here.
0: Damn. Yeah. And you ended up in a similar spot like where we were at like the So
1: at that so that's the condo like my parents ha- uh, had had when I was growing up, but at this point, my mom and my stepdad were separated, uh-huh. and my mom, after I graduated high school, she had moved to Florida in her own house. Okay, in Tampa. Okay, like so a, you were in Tampa area. Yeah, like the like a ta- like a suburb of Tampa. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was like not really much to do around there. Yeah,
0: the Tampa burbs only recently got cool. Like, yeah, like uh, like what carolwood and new tampa and wesley chapel and all that
1: i have no idea i don't okay. know anyway i was just like i don't know like much about it i mean i was basically just because i didn't have a car i was just there you were
0: where your mom was
1: i was where my mom was i was living in this house she would go to work i had a. I remember I had a bike and you know she's like well, we gotta get a job yeah i'm just gonna like you know just let you stay here like and just not do anything so what did you do well oh i think we were talking about this the other day so i would i had i thought it would be pretty easy to get hired i had this you know resume with all these new york city like restaurants yeah and i went to i went to outback i went to this place called a mushroom magic mellow mushroom mellow Mushroom. yeah i went to the mellow mushroom it was like i put a resume there and everybody was super nice and nobody like called me back And i was like mom i don't know i i tried like i i maybe they're just not hiring and so like i would just spend my days basically like go i would watch like uh i was going through tim and eric at the time yes and always sunny and curb your enthusiasm and like but i started getting a bunch of british shows and i would just go watch series all day long yeah and eventually i was like oh you know I should download Ableton because some of my friends that were DJing were using it, like, to DJ with. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I I should just kind of, like, download this and figure out how to use it.
0: So just, like, kind of with nothing to do, chilling on the computer. You're like, all right, I'm bored of watching this series. What can I mess around with?
1: Yeah. And I was still, like, writing for my blog and stuff, like, uh, like reviewing albums and stuff like that. But I just downloaded it for fun. Mm -hmm. And... uh, I like started dabbling. You know, you could use your keyboard as a piano, yeah, or whatever. And so, like, I was just, oh, okay, this is a kick drum and a snare drum. Like, I know what that sounds like. I know, it, like, boom, tch, boom. You know, yeah, just like
0: totally. stuff. Like very basic elements. Very of basic elements.
1: And then I'd be like, oh, well, I want it to sound like this. Like, how do I do that? How do I make a drum sound, uh, you know, bigger or something? Yeah. And I would just Google it on YouTube. Uh huh. And it'd be like, oh, well, you need to compress it. And I was yeah. like, oh, okay, compress. Well, what's that? And then yeah. I would, like, just gradually, like, kind of teach myself what I was doing. Yeah. Um, which was producing, but I didn't know that that's what I was doing. And yeah.
0: So, well, what's cool about that to me is, like, yes, you didn't know what you were doing, but you knew what you were looking for.
1: Oh, yeah. Right?
0: Yeah. Like, you're like, okay, I want this drum to sound bigger.
1: Yeah, but I didn't know, like... Cause I had never, I was obsessed with music, but I had never been, I'd never made it before. I'd never taken any lessons. Like I, I was in band like in elementary school, but like, that was like the extent. And so I just was, started making stuff. And then I was like, to my mom, I was like, mom, I need a thing called a MIDI keyboard because I don't want to use my, you know, keys anymore. Yeah. And, uh, but I wanted like a like a real synthesizer and so on craigslist we found this one uh micro korg yeah it's like my first synth and midi keyboard and so
0: that's cool that she supported it
1: she was just i think she like felt bad because i was like so i was trying to get work yeah and i didn't know what i wanted to do yeah you weren't
0: like fucking up like you were just kind of like in a hard spot Yeah. yeah and
1: so she's like okay and so i got this keyboard and when she was at work i would just be like you know, jamming out, making stuff. And I didn't have monitors, like, to listen to anything. I didn't know that's I needed those. So, are so just computer speakers? So I was just listening on headphones. Okay. But then I was like, I really want to hear what the sound's like. And so I would burn it on a CD and bring it to my mom's car oh. to listen to it. And uh, I would, like, leave the the car in there. Or it's not the car in there. I'd leave the... Uh, cd on there in the car like an accident and she would like come to me the next morning and be like what was that that, like you had left in the car and i was like oh it's just like a thing that i did and she's like you did that like i don't understand i was like oh yeah like i made it you know on the computer yeah and she's like how and i was like i don't know i just did it and she was like but how can you do that i was like well couldn't you do that like it's not i was like look it's so easy and she's like, "Well, like I think like you like that's something like special that you can do."
0: How much of a song would you make? Like how much like on those burnt CDs? It was like
1: all all my first song, like this song called Running that's made had eventually made it into a Lexus commercial. Whoa. I made like in my mom's house as one of the first Oh, wow. Songs, so you like, made
0: full songs. It wasn't just oh, like kick yeah. snare, well, kick I snare. I knew, and you were listening I knew what I needed. I
1: knew I, knew I needed. I was like, well, I need drums. Yeah. I need bass. Yeah. I need verses. I need a chorus. I need like a Brit. Like, because I had just no, oh, you know. Wow.
0: Okay. So, like, by the time a CD was getting burnt and going into your mom's car, it wasn't you just making sure that the kick and the snare sounded. No, it was good. like it was a whole song.
1: Yeah. It was a, like a whole song. And I remember even because I had the blog, yeah. I knew how. Um, like promo emails needed to be sent because people would send me promo emails like all day long and so for my first songs i put put on soundcloud and i had the song called on vhs that i don't i don't know if it's like still online like maybe you could find it but i remember i sent that to a blog and i didn't put a baseline in it yeah and i was like hey you know there's these songs that i'm working on i'm and i was like i'm calling myself computer magic if you could give it a listen that's cool that you, like, <laughs> that's been your name since day one. Oh yeah because i just wanted a moniker that like wasn't uh i didn't want it to be danielle johnson yeah. and i wanted it to be kind of elusive where like you didn't know if it was a band or not yeah it's
0: funny you didn't go with dan's right well now that's... i
1: wish i did really yes because i want people to know it's me doing all the everything Oh, and I, I think thought, that people now they. my intention was to have it vague. Yeah. And now it is. And now I'm like, well, but I don't know if I want it to be vague. I want people to, I want to get recognition for it. But
0: that's so funny you say that because the whole time, I mean, I know like we just met and all that. But yeah. like I was looking at it and I was like, she's brilliant, like computer <laughs> magic. But then it's dance. It's yeah, two yeah. identities.
1: It's yeah, it's kind of too. Yeah. I
0: thought that was so intentional and so brilliant. So it funny it was you. in a
1: way. But like now I'm like, I kind of wish it was dance, but Damn. I don't know.
0: Okay, but I sidetracked it. So you were saying you sent out your first song on VHS and it didn't have a baseline. Yeah, the guy the guy
1: wrote back to me he was like, This song doesn't even have a baseline. And I was like, All right, thanks for the feedback. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I need to add some baselines to my songs. <laughs> but then it was just like just kind of experimenting and like um I remember my mom was like, Oh, you know, people like music with words. Like, have you ever written any lyrics and stuff like that? And I'm always very Uh, Like, I love movies and TV and, like, reading Mm -hmm. uh, stories, and I was always always wrote stories as a kid, so I started to write songs inspired by characters in movies. No way. Because I was like, my life's so boring. In Florida, I'm not doing anything. That's, like,
0: where you found lyrical inspiration at first? Yeah,
1: like, uh, I wrote the song, Electron. I wrote the—oh, this is a good one. I wrote this song called Victory Gin. Uh-huh. Uh, that was, uh, uh, from the perspective, I forgot the guy's name, but in 1984. Whoa. And, like, the lyrics are, like, the faces on the wall, because, like, the... Yeah. Uh, I wrote the song, Electronic Fences, which is, um, about, like, I'm pretty sure, like, De- from Deckard's uh perspective in Blade Runner. What? But I was, like, really obsessed with, like, sci-fi at the time, and so I wanted that to be my whole aesthetic, and, uh... Yeah, so then I started to write lyrics and sing, which I like, I hated singing, but I was really? like, I'm just going to try and do it. Um,
0: so, okay, so at this point I have to stop because this yeah. is actually special and like clearly you were making full songs and your mom said it. So this was all happening. Yes. And you're messing around on Ableton and yes. you're figuring it out and you learn to put a line in there. You burn it on a CD, You listen, you know what it sounds like. Yeah. And your mom was kind of the one that went to you and she was just like, yo, you know, people can't normally do this. Yeah, she
1: kind of was because I just thought anybody was able to, you know, if I heard a song, I could find the bass line. on the keyboard it would take me some time but i could like figure it out right i could figure out the drums like it's would be super easy for me to find all the elements and put them together and i thought it was just something that anybody was able to do like i didn't know it was like
0: right any kind of talent that's special like that's crazy yeah i just didn't
1: know
0: (laughs) if you hadn't been and we were talking about this a little bit but like if you hadn't just been bored in florida messing around you Mm -hmm. wouldn't have known that and then Mm -mm. if you hadn't had your mom that just said the somewhat obvious to anyone else of just like hey you know this is special you might not have ever even known you might have stopped because you were like well this is just me messing around yeah and not known that you had an ability that was actually really special no
1: i know yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy the, like the chain of events that happen. That's
0: so nuts. Okay, so So that you yeah. are encouraged enough and you realize like, "Okay, cool, I can make a full song and this is something yeah. that I should keep doing."
1: Yeah. so at that point, I was then I started to put it up online. I yeah. would put it on SoundCloud.
0: And you'd send it to blogs as well?
1: Yeah, I would send I knew, knew how to formulate a promo email. Mm-hmm. I was like, uh, you know Danielle Danzi Johnson from uh, Upstate New York, 21 years old. Like I knew yes. all the things that I had that people would want to know about an artist, and I sent it out to blogs. And eventually, this blog called Stereo Gum posted me as like band to watch. That's
0: big, Stereo Gum. It was especially big, depending on the year. That's yeah, big. it was huge.
1: And then all my friends were hitting me up, like, "Wait, you're making music? Like, what?" I was like, "Yeah." Uh, <laughs> And so after that, um, I was getting asked to like play shows in New York. Yeah. Uh, and I was still in Florida. And I was like, Mom, like, people are asking me to play a show in New York. Like, maybe I should go back to New York. And she was like, she's like supported the like music, but she was like, But you know, like you need to still figure out like you know, what yeah. you're gonna do. And I was like, Well I'll just go back and I'll like work uh you know, at restaurants and stuff, and I'll just, like, ch- see what happens with music. And at that time, when Stereogum posted me as band to watch, this label called Black Iris reached out to me and wanted to re-record four of my songs into in a studio uh-huh. um, and put it out on an EP, like, re-record the songs mm-hmm. and release them, like, um, you know, produced by somebody, like, yeah. fancy and everything. And I was in L.A. and I'd never like really even been, I'd never went to L.A. before. Um, And so things were like kind of more serious than they were. I was like, there's this label that wants me to go to L.A. and people are asking me to play shows in New York. And so I moved back to New York into my friend's. Uh, my friend had just happened to have an extra room yeah and this friend i had this guy mike like he was in florida that i actually wanted to see while i'm here oh it's hot. but he like he was one of my really good friends and i would go over to his house all the time uh, and we would all play video games together anyways so it was like oh this is serendipitous like mike has a room open and i love being over there and i'll just move back to new york and things will happen and so i moved back
0: Were you kind of feeling it at that time? Like, did you have like some confidence to, like, yo, this is going to be a thing?
1: Well, once I started making music, I was like, and it was, and people didn't hate it. Yeah. Because I thought that was a big possibility. Like, I could put it up (laughs) and people could be like, what the hell is this? Totally. But it was just when I was, when it was validated in some way, then I was like, oh, well, this is what I'm meant to do. Like, this is, it was just like, I don't think I realized um like it finally felt like oh like i've i've been i've been living in new york city like kind of networking with djing and meeting people and i know how to like formulate like everything was just too kind of okay in place and i'm I was glad like, though yeah. i'm
0: glad it clicked right because like that it, it w- feels meant to be and i'm so glad you did take that initiative and take the risk of like maybe i should go back and play shows
1: yeah i didn't know what was gonna happen and if i was gonna be like you know successful at it but i was like oh like this is i know how to do something that i don't think like everybody can do and so like i can i need to at least try and make this work and so
0: so you knew to a degree like you found your thing yes cool dope okay so you go back to new york Yeah. did you play those shows
1: yes i played which was the most terrifying experience (laughs) of my entire life um so I flew back to New York, and my first show was at this place called Glasslands, okay. which isn't there anymore. What, uh, what
0: part of New York?
1: In Brooklyn. Oh wow, well, cool. Um, but I so I flew back to New York, and I had my two best friends, this guy Justin and James. Uh, they played bass and guitar, and I didn't have bass and guitar in any of my songs. And I was like, "Do you guys just want to like come and like? Because I didn't be <laughs> yeah, want to be on stage by myself." So I was like, can you just like, you know, just play on top of the songs or something? Like, just kind of go along with it. And they did. And the first show was me, a bassist and a guitarist. And it was so, I was so awkward. What year? It's probably like 2011 or something. Okay. Um, But then, yeah, so then after that, and then I... That label had asked me to go out to L.A. And at this point, I didn't have any idea what I wanted for computer magic. Like, I was just, like, just newly making music. And went out to L.A. I was like, oh, can my friends come? Like, they're going to play, like, guitar and bass. And they were like, really? Okay. So then they came. So this one record, Electronic Fences, has, like, it's, like, very, like, New ordery or, like, Joy division where it's, like, guitar and bass. and. Whoa. And then uh, I started seeing this guy at the time, who I'm still friends with, but, like, he was, like, oh, you should have a drummer. I can be your drummer. And I was, uh, like, okay. So then, like, I had a drummer. and So then- you, like,
0: went... Full band,
1: and then it, yeah, it became full band. And computer magic was, was then oh,
0: I dropped a coaster. It's
1: okay, well, at least you respect wood. What's that? Coaster. I
0: tried to respect wood. <laughs> computer magic became full band.
1: Um, but yeah, so we were playing shows as a full band, but I would still,
0: uh. <laughs> <laughs> i set the cup on the floor <laughs> for the listener the cup is on the floor now
1: cups on the floor um what was i gonna say yeah so computer magic became a full band we were playing shows but i was still writing all the stuff by myself on my laptop and then i got approached by a japanese label
0: oh cool So at the
1: time i was just like i would i was so prolific i would make like five songs in like two months and then i put up an ep Mm -hmm. and then eight more songs in another few months and then put up another ep because
0: this is kind of before like spotify Mm -hmm. apple music
1: itunes but like it was mostly like like soundcloud
0: yeah i was gonna say where are you uploading
1: so i was i was uploading on soundcloud yep and I would let people download it for free. Yeah. And then I would put it... Because I I know, like, when I was a kid, I was pirating, like, torrenting so much stuff. Yeah. I was, like, all... The we least all did. I, That's, like, part the, of the generation. Yeah. So I was, like, the least I can do is, like, here, take it for free.
0: Completely. That's sick.
1: Um, Like, I remember, like, back in the day, like, this is kind of going on a tangent. But, like, Metallica was, like, so against... Oh, yeah. Torrenting. But then I remember, like, Trent Reznor had the his uh, discography... Uh, Pirate Bay link, like, on the Nine Inch Nails, like, website. He was yes. like, fuck it. Like, you're I remember get it in any- that. That like, was, like, gonna like gonna a get very
0: controversial point, though. Mm-hmm. And especially because, like, with now, like, iPhones and all that, you just open Spotify, you stream. Mm-hmm. But before, torrenting and downloading was so important because that's, like, right when we were getting MP3 players. So, yeah, like, yeah. if you wanted your iPod to have good music, you had to find a way to download it. Yeah. So, okay. Um, so, you would de- you'd write all these EPs... Yeah. You'd release quite a lot. You'd put it up for free on SoundCloud where you could download.
1: Put it up I'd put it up for free for a certain period of time and then I would put it on to TuneCore which which is like a digital distribution company. Yeah. And then it would go on iTunes and um I want to say Apple Music, but there was no Apple Music. No, it's just iTunes. Uh so then I was approached by a Japanese label. Yeah. And they were just like they they were called Tugboat Records. Are called Tugboat Records. It's a good name. And uh, they were like, hey, we want to compile your EPs into record, a record, and put it out in Japan. And at this time, I was just I had no label. Like at that that one label put out an EP, and they had put it up, and put it on vinyl and stuff. And i th- I listened to it now and I like it, but back then I, I didn't like it because I thought it wasn't, like, a representation of me, like, some mm. other person produced it, and, like, I felt, like, very rushed. Um,
0: yeah, because that's got to be a crazy experience. Like, you're going from a brand new artist just learning and writing your own music to being flown out to L.A., working with a producer, recording with other musicians. Yeah, it was, wi-
1: it was weird. It was, like, I, I like it now, but, like, when... So, I still had like all those so- all the songs that I had re recorded. Mm-hmm. I still had my versions up on like,
0: oh. like there was running
1: Electronic Fences EP and then running hi- the Hiding from Our Time version, which is like the version that I originally put out. Oh, whoa. And the, and the version that I did was the one that I licensed to Lexus, not
0: Funny. the one that they re
1: recorded. And so, like, it was, so anyway, I w- had no ties to any type of label, yeah. and so I was like, yeah, I'll do a Japan-exclusive tour, or a Japan-exclusive record. Sick. Um. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we're recording at Frank's house, and we're just hanging out. Hunter was here, his pup, yeah. and his cat has something to say. It's fine.
1: That was really cute. <laughs> I hope you that you hear it in the
0: honestly me too i recorded one outside with my friend like yeah. it was like just a nice day and we're like yo let's record this outside and i was so stressed that the outside noises would be like so loud mm-hmm. and you can barely hear them so like i don't even know but Aww. i hope <laughs>
1: <laughs> 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 oh there um. frank's back we're hanging out with frank too <laughs> yeah
0: Uh, Okay, so you record the Japan-exclusive album.
1: Yeah, so... Well, actually, I didn't even record it. I just... It was so so easy. Yeah, I just basically licensed my songs that I'd already put out to them under, like, Japan-exclusive release. Mm -hmm. New artwork. The name of the record was Scientific Experience. Tight. Um, And, yeah, that came out, and then I toured there. And it was like number five on iTunes or something like that.
0: Okay, pause. And was like. (laughs) That's fucking crazy. Because you were like, you started, you come back to New York, you play shows, you go out to LA. Like, clearly there's some traction, and you're like, okay, this is awesome. Yeah. But then you license songs in Japan, they put together an album, and it comes out top five five and you do a tour all the way across the world yeah
1: it was absolutely insane it was really surreal because like prior to this like i hadn't really left the country like i had to get my passport when i started making music and like i never like i liked i was i liked japanese culture yeah i wasn't like a japanophile like super into it yeah. and so like for me to be able to go there was like just something that I never even had imagined before. And so like, I was like just all of a sudden dropped in this place where like people and like going over there, like there was like a line to like get into the, the first show. It was like people, uh, there was a bunch of people there. It was just like such a different, cause I was still trying to, I was like hustling in New York Yeah, and then to go there. And then it was like, i'm at the tower records you know like at the end of uh i mean there's no cd places over here anymore yeah but like you know that the ends of the aisle there's like a the stand that's of, like the focus records the focus the Re- yeah, yeah but it would be like me with scientific experience like computer magic like right at the ends of the aisle and it was i don't know it was pretty surreal and that's s- crazy. Yeah and how old were you when you went there for the first time um, probably like 22 23
0: that's crazy yeah. so like going from like not being able to get serving like service jobs in Florida and like oh yeah whatever like waiting <laughs> tables New York playing little bits of shows to like okay cool you're 22 23 years old you fly to Japan and your album's just everywhere and there's people yeah. lining up
1: it was pretty. We- it was pretty crazy. Like even like talking about it to you now, I just still feel like it's not my life. Like it's really weird.
0: Because that, like that, has to be like the moment where it's like, okay, like I guess this is real, believe it or not.
1: I don't think it. I feel like even right now, I don't feel like it's real. That's like, honestly I don't know that's so like- <laughs> sick. That's so sick. I feel like I'm just like kind of riding the way like this wave of life, and I'm just like, I guess this is happening right now. <laughs>
0: well the well, funny part about that to me is like we talked we became friends we met and i hadn't heard your music and like all too often you'll meet somebody that's like oh yeah i'm doing music and then you hear it and you're like oh okay and it's like <laughs> okay or whatever but like frank and i were talking about it we're like you're like oh shit like this is good
1: Well, oh, thank you yeah
0: so for it to be like i just love how genuinely humble you are about it because <laughs> you obviously loved music like you've been writing about yeah. it and consuming it forever but the fact that you were able to make what you wanted to and like yeah. execute this vision and it's good and then it like people respond well to it like yeah I love that you're so humble <laughs> because you accidentally or like it or not made something really fucking cool <laughs> thank you Okay, damn. So Japan first tour. So Japan, you go there. Yeah.
1: Japan first tour. It's amazing. And then I come, you know, come back to the US and it's like, all right, back to the back to reality. You know, still restaurant jobs, like Whoa. still you know, playing shows. There's not that many people there. Um touring like somewhat uh and then in the US I keep releasing records. Mhm. And Japan asked me to put out another record. So basically, what would happen was I would just put stuff, EPs and stuff online. Yep. And then Japan would be like, let's compile this Tight. into another record. So I ended up putting out, I don't know, like four records or something like that in Japan. Yeah. And then in the US, all of a sudden, I get this licensing deal with this company. Yeah. And they got me. First, like an Aria Casino ad for in Las Vegas for running that song that I had made in Florida.
0: Aria is nice. That's a good uh,
1: hotel. And then, which was uh, like the most money I'd ever seen in my life.
0: Yeah. Oh, like corporate. I can only imagine because you're going from like getting little checks of royalties or whatever. I'm not
1: even. I mean, I was barely getting royalties, anything from like people buying music. Uh, you. I still had to work like at a restaurant, like five days a week, and i yeah the first time got this check and it was enough to where like i didn't have to work for like i didn't have to work for a while and i was like all right well i'm quitting my restaurant job
0: so sick
1: and then i got another uh ad for lexus and then i was like okay well this is the point so i was always waiting for a point where i could go into a real studio yeah. Record, like, with really cool analog synths with yeah. somebody that, like, knows how to, like, EQ and, like, like uh, just, I want the record, my first debut record to sound yeah. amazing. And so, because at this point, I've just been releasing EPs. Right. And compilation records in Japan. Yeah. And uh, so with the Lexus money, I, I went to the studio with this guy, Claudius Mittendorfer, who had worked with, like, Block Party and... Oh. Neon Indian and Interpol and Franz Ferdinand and all these bands.
0: So good. And good we, choice.
1: Yeah, he was great. And uh, I learned, like, so much from him also. But we recorded this record called Davos, and I released it. I I wanted to release it on my own label. Yeah. And so I paid for the production of the vinyls, paid for my own PR, just with the ad. Like, yeah. basically spent all the money on videos. <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's so could, sick because you we were talking about earlier maybe it was like with frank like that how it looks super professional yeah and it looks that way because like all the the licensing money i just reinvest in my own stuff and so davos was my debut record here and that came out when it came out in 2015 okay and in japan it was like my I don't know, like, fifth or sixth record or something like that.
0: <laughs> by that time, yeah, Japan yeah. was... So,
1: by that time, it was, like, computer magic was known in Japan. Yeah, it's just, like, another right, record a coming out. household name. Um, so, Davos came out, and it was... Because I didn't... I w- was not operating as a big label. It was just, like, me... Like, DIY, but, like, right. a better version of DIY. And so, I think, like, people started knowing about computer magic, but, like, not it wasn't marketed like a a big like a big label has a big budget and i have you know like an indie label budget and so it's like it it, more people knew about me but not like crazy yeah um but then between that time i just started making more music and then i started getting asked in japan to do bright music specifically as computer magic for japanese brands yeah because computer magic was at a point where it was like a household name yeah and so like if i made a song and it aired on tv people would be like oh computer magic they made the song
0: that's unreal that is so cool
1: it's so weird <laughs> it's so <laughs> crazy like to just imagine because i'm not over there to like see the commercials right. really and so i did like a mayonnaise commercial there salad dressing Panasonic um I just recently did one for uh Body Mante which is this like Japanese energy drink type of thing yeah. um and yeah so then that was like a good source you know of, like yeah, income so the
0: that's survive. amazing <laughs> like like cuz that's you said a couple things that stood out to me in this like I guess what a crazy cool thing to happen where you do start doing deals and getting syncs and things yeah, like yeah. that. Because a lot of musicians will chase that and not get it. Yeah. And it's almost like your music just lent itself to being perfect for that. And then like the right people, like you aligned with the right people and yeah, did that. Yeah,
1: definitely super lucky. Right. Yeah.
0: Because then that did give you, I mean, I just learned this, but like that's cool that you took that money, reinvested it into computer magic. Yeah. Because that's now like you have your project and you can make all of your music but you can also survive and do something still creative and cool just by doing different things for brands as well yeah which is amazing
1: it's cool it's cool but it's definitely like ups and downs because the sinks yeah don't always come right so i was really like riding high for a while there and just like Oh, I'm gonna have this big budget video, and I'm gonna do this, and this, and this, and then like now it's like that the licensing company that I was on like just went out under, oh. so I had to change to a new licensing company, and so now it's like not as lucky as I oh, have been. Damn.
0: Like you had like a good squad there, and you I almost had didn't like yeah, know. but they just
1: like just stopped. we just stopped um their company, yeah. and so like licensing is kind of weird because it could like come in come in come in and then it could be like okay well now what do i do for money (laughs) (laughs) yeah um but it's like i'm super lucky to have ever gotten that stuff but now myself will be like sometimes in the background of like tv shows or something like that but um but so since uh davos yeah then i put out this record Dance. Uh-huh. which was just, I was going to change my name to Dance.
0: Okay. Yeah, because I noticed that you had an album <laughs> yeah. called Dance and I was like, all right, I see you.
1: Well, I was going to change my name. I was going to put the record out as dance oh. and have it be self-titled because mm. the songs were a lot darker than my, or to me, they were, like, darker than my other music. Um, but I was like, no, I already made a name for myself in Japan with Computer Magic, and I feel like people are going to see past me just, like, this weird like why would i change it yeah. now and a part of me was like wanted to change it because i was like well maybe computer ba- magic the name is just not accessible because when i talked to an older person uh-huh. it was like oh computer magic it's like what are you like skrillex or something you know what <laughs> i mean like people don't well it's not as accessible as like dance is very like i don't know i thought that Maybe I should change to something where someone can't pin me in a corner because I'm not just electronic. Like there's a lot of songs that I make that are like even like rock oriented. Yeah. But with a name like Computer Magic, it's not. You might not know that unless you actually take the time to listen to the songs. So I thought like maybe I should, re- you know, release it as dance. But instead of doing that, I just titled the record dance. Yeah. So that was the reason behind that record.
0: Yeah, that's so funny to me because I see what you're saying. I absolutely get it. Yeah. But on the other side, I think that computer magic just sounds cool. Like it's so rare to find names that just sound cool. And I feel like it could be anything. Yeah. And like especially coming from writing with blogs and like I feel like it's the perfect name for – I guess what you do in the sense of I think it could be anything yeah. and I think that computer magic like it's oh that's Dan's like that's computer magic
1: like, yeah yeah
0: that's sick to me so that's so funny oh, that you say cool. that I think that that's kind of proof that we overthink our own things right
1: oh yeah I, do- I overthink everything I'm same, like too, too same. Much. <laughs> it takes me forever to
0: name anything whatever but like I just find that funny because you're explaining that to me whereas my first impression everything you told me like When I was like, oh, computer magic? I was like, that's fucking sick. Oh, cool.
1: Thank you. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Okay. So I guess like that pretty much like, I I guess what I know, what I want to know more of is that was brilliant that you took that money from your brand or the sync deals and Mm -hmm. like all of that, put it into the first album. Then you kind of did the same thing with Dan's. Like you did another professionally recorded album.
1: So no. So that one I, I, okay. So With Davos, I had spent so much money to get this record made, like going into studios, getting it mastered professionally, mixed professionally, um, like a a crazy amount of money that, and I didn't get, not that my intention was to get syncs, but I looked back and I was like, wow, the song that I made in my mom's closet, basically, like I was so scared to make music, I would go into her closet because I didn't want her to hear me singing. Yeah and i was like wow this song i wasn't fancy about mm-hmm. it was just i made it without having anything i didn't even hear it listen to it on monitors yeah and it's like one of my biggest songs so it's like do i do i think that i need all this extra stuff Whoa. is that in my head yeah. and i feel like i need to to outsource because i don't believe in myself like can i just do it by myself and so with dance i was like I'm just going to do this myself. That's. And actually, just telling you this right now, I'm going through this because I just finished like my new record. Yeah. And I'm toying like, do I need somebody to mix it and master it? Or like, can I do it myself? Like, but am I going to regret if I don't like get it done, you know, professionally? But like, maybe I am a professional, you know? So it's like a weird. Like I, thing I to love deal with. that
0: point of conversation because especially for me, like I've worked in music in some capacity for about ten years now and never made music. Yeah. And when I watch my friends make things, like when I watch my friends who are artists, to me, I can't tell the difference. Like obviously, you can under like if somebody's bad at mastering or mixing, like yeah. you're gonna hear it. You can tell. Yeah. But I I watch my artistic friends struggle with that. Where it is, it's almost like you can't believe that your product is good enough, so you have to send it to a professional. I yes. get air quotes for the listener. Yeah. Um, so, like, that's cool to hear you explain that so candidly. And it's yeah. cool to hear you explain, like, yeah, you had great success with a song you recorded in a closet. Yeah. And then had Davos not yeah, get so,
1: sense. Yeah, so I think it's, like, the... And then I think about, like, artists like Daniel Johnston. You know mm-hmm. that is? I don't. So he's, like, he made this music that's, like, is very lo-fi. Yeah. But it's, like, his melodies are really catchy. And, like, all he had was, like, a, like a tape deck, I think, that yeah. he was, like, recording into. And just, like, when you think about all, like, just, like, all these, like, lo-fi recordings, like, in the 60s when they didn't have, like, all the, you know, fancy technology that they have now. Like, yep. I don't, th- I think, like, it's not about all the like the fancy stuff it's just like the like if the song's are good yeah if it's a good song people are gonna like it so i think instead of like dressing up a song you just ha- just uh i don't know if yeah. that makes sense no it does like, make
0: sense and i feel like as as we talk about it i think that as a consumer like i like things that are honest I like things that just sound real and honest. And, you know, think about like an an industry or something that you're not a part of. Just like if we, I don't know, you watch some YouTube videos and stuff like that. You watch people stream video games and like maybe they don't have the best setups. But if they're funny, if they're charismatic, we both watch Frank stream and you don't (laughs) even fully know the ins and outs of Magic the Gathering. (laughs) You just like the character that he is and like his personality that's true so i think that's like that with music <laughs> right it's like if it feels honest if it feels real yeah that's what matters yeah i don't know
1: to- no I agree. I agree so
0: okay so you've had both experiences of working professionally in studios all of that yeah and f- since 2015 you've obviously recorded and put out a lot more music
1: yeah i released dance uh in 2017 20... And I released stands in twenty eighteen and in twenty so Davos twenty fifteen. Yep. Then I released an EP Obscure but visible. Uh which I mix so everything else I mix and master myself with the exception of Davos Tide. um or produced or whatever. Uh and that early one when I went out to LA. Mm. So but yeah, after Davos I released Obscure But Visible in twenty sixteen. Yep. And then 2017, I released a compilation record called Super Rare that was, like, just songs that I never finished that I was like, you know what? I'm just going to finish all these and Tight. release them as a compilation. And I put all my Japanese B-sides on there. Oh, cool. So that's, it's like Super Rare, a compilation of B-sides and Japanese rarities. Damn. And okay. then 2018 was dance, and we're in 2019 now, and... I've just finished, like, 12 songs.
0: Oh, so there's new music coming.
1: Oh, yeah. I finished 12 songs, but now I'm just, like, you know, do I wait for, like, a big chunk of change to get it very, you know, make these big-budget videos like Davos and, like, get it mixed and mastered professionally and, like, be really fancy about it? Like, do I just wait on that? Or do I just, like, finish the songs myself and just and just, you know do it and put it out and so like i'm just taking time and like really finessing. like i'm i think at this point in my career i've learned enough about production and just like labels and all this stuff and i felt like not that i was not putting my all into everything that i've ever done Mm -hmm. but i feel like with my other songs i would make a song be happy with it and release it and like with these songs it's like i'm literally every each second of the song like is this the best that i can do and i'm like pushing myself harder like with these songs uh also because i'm 30 now and i know that there's not a limit to like a person's career but i'm just like i need like this needs to be like the best record i've done and so it's like A lot of pressure on myself but I feel like it's good and that I'm putting that much pressure on myself so I'm just like now I'm like making sure I'm 100% happy with everything and so that's once that's done and I figure out if I'm gonna mix it and master it myself I'll release it but it's coming I just don't know when
0: (laughs) I love that you say that though and it kind of answers a couple of the questions that I had just because there are some artists or people or anybody that I I almost worry about because, like, their standard is just like, well, you could probably, like, polish that up a bit. And, again, we've only really just met. I've only really, like, just discovered the project. But, like, like Yumi and Frank were talking about, there is this standard of quality where however you did it, like, what you see online and, like, your public perception is really polished and really good and the music holds up. So it's cool to hear you speak so honestly about, like, I need to figure this out. I'm pushing myself. I have this, this, and this because I'm not worried about you. Like, I don't worry (laughs) about that, right? Like, I'm excited, not worried, where I'm like, well, whatever it is, whatever your standard of quality is, this is going to be sick. Yeah.
1: So, like... (laughs) I hope so.
0: No, but, like, that's cool, right? Like, (laughs) I I love hearing how it all evolved and i think that your honest love for music and at least as i'm hearing the story and putting pieces together in my head like the reason why there was success the whatever uh, crazy talent you have to be able to make music the way you do and just hear it i think that applies to the image of your whole brand and project as well where like maybe like in a candid conversation you're like i don't really know what i'm doing but like whatever that standard is or like whatever that aside, what you put out to the public looks great and is so cool. So that's cool to hear (laughs) how that happens, I guess. Yeah. I hope I express that in some (laughs) way. Um, My other question for you is we were talking like very specifically about like synthesizers and all that. Right. Yes. So I, I, you kind of explain it in talking about like the blog, like the music blog and just obsessing, but throughout the process of being the the musician that you are, you've learned quite a lot about some of the instruments that you use and all that. Cause a lot of your music is synth driven or has like all sorts of cool samples or.
1: Yeah. So yeah. So when I first started uh, making music, a lot of it was, you know, software synths, yeah, like on Ableton. Better way to say it, yeah, um, and yeah. So like a lot of digital sounds, a lot of plugins, software synths, and then I started to. Then I got uh, the MicroKorg, and then I got like a Moog Voyager was one of my first synths, and then I started to become obsessed with uh, analog yeah. sound. And so I became obsessed with the idea that an analog waveform yeah. versus a digital waveform sounds better. And yeah. there's like YouTube videos that will like be like, no, it's exactly the same thing. But I'm like, no, well, if you zoom in like an analog waveform, like l- looks like a wave. Whoa. And a digital waveform is made with like ones and zeros like mm. by a computer. And so like that waveform looks like steps. Oh, up wow. And down. on so like,
0: a very microscopic very micro- yeah. level.
1: So to me, so like what you, you and me speaking right now is like an analog signal. Right. Going into the microphone. But it's going into A guitar digital. is like a, like an analog signal. Right. Uh, a digital synth is, uh, is a digital signal. And so it's computerized. An analog synth is like an analog signal. Oh. So I'm like, analog synths, that's why music from like progressive rock in the 70s sounds so warm when there's an analog synth because or that's why it does sound so warm is because like well well, first of all it's going to tape and all that yeah but also like the synths back then were all analog and so i'm like maybe if i just use all analog synths like my stuff is going to sound like super warm and like real because i don't i feel like when i listen to a lot of like pop music not that it's missing like a warmness um but i'm just like i don't know i want to to just use analog synths and so i got really obsessed with that whoa and yeah so, so like
0: what music of yours is recorded with analog synths
1: uh so all of dan's pretty oh, much wow. a lot of davos like there was very little uh so like that was there was still some software synths but like Mainly analog. But, like, dance is all analog. And then this record coming up is all analog sense.
0: Oh, cool. So yeah. this is, like, another kind of part of you, like, finding yourself. Like Like, yes. you found this piece and you're like, yo.
1: Yeah, I'm like, okay. And i become obsessive with it. Yeah. So I'm like, all right. Even, like, the drum machine, I rented out um, uh, the studio. It was kind of, like, serendipitous. But the studio in Greenpoint was doing renovations. Yeah. And I wanted to rent out, like, this really nice uh, Neumann mic that like only really great studios have and i was like hey can i borrow this i just want to do vocals on a few songs yeah they're like yeah is there anything else that you need because we're renovating the studio <laughs> no way. and i was like yeah you know i'll take that you know i can look after that 808 if you want and so like they gave me an original you know analog 808 which is like five thousand bucks Holy. to use, and that's like on every song.
0: Wait, I'm sorry, five thousand to use, not to buy. Or
1: to to buy, to oh, buy to I was buy. Like, not oh, to use, how not how to, use? Is it to no. buy. <laughs> no. Okay. But yeah, so all the songs it's like original eight oh eight. And then I'm using uh, Prophet Six, I, which is all analog, um, a Moog Minotaur, a Moog Mother 32, and I think that's all. The, it's all the same sense on I mean, every song, but they all sound like super different. But I wanted the record to like, you know, go like sound like a piece. And that's so I cool. wanted to use like the same, you know, like vibe or whatever. Yeah.
0: Is this going to be one of those things where all my musical friends listen to this and they're like, yo, that's sick. <laughs> I like, hope is that so. Like- <laughs> I
1: hope so. I hope so. Yeah. But so, so with the synthesizer stuff, I started this. We were talking. I was showing you the other day the, like random side Instagram account synth history. Yeah. I just started for fun, and it's just this account where I talk about uh, vintage synthesizers yeah. and musicians who use them. Whoa. And So it's pretty much like pre pre nineteen ninety. So it's that's, like all older stuff. That's so
0: cool because like we were talking about it and it's such a cool idea. You know, we were talking about it. It's just nice to have a creative outlet that isn't your name and yeah. you can just make, you know, for you, you love synths. So it's fun to talk about. Yeah. Like, of course, you'll post on an account. And,
1: and, and I'm like learning while I'm looking up each post. Yeah. And like finding every th- all these like articles that I can reference. I'm, like, teaching myself. It's amazing. But I also
0: didn't realize that that defines so much of computer magic now, that that's become so much a part of your sound and so much of the inspiration. Yeah, yeah. That's sick. Yeah. Damn. They
1: go together a little bit. I would say. (laughs) (laughs) It's
0: good, Frank. Frank's (laughs) hanging out with us, too. So... Did I miss anything? Like, I feel like that's pretty much the story. Like, I, I hope that I didn't skip any crazy cool career highlights or anything. Like, I
1: don't think so. I'm trying to think so myself, but I think that's, like, the story.
0: I mean, you still go back to Japan, right? Anytime yeah. you'll release albums, you'll go out there and you'll tour, mm-hmm. right?
1: Yeah, like, when I release this record, I'll probably go out there. I usually put, like, some bonus tracks on the Japan CD. Yeah. And sometimes it's a different album cover. Yeah um but yeah probably go back to japan we'll tour the u.s i've never toured europe before wow so hopefully that happens that'd be fun very cool yeah because
0: i'm sure yeah i'm sure after you've done this for this long you definitely have a european fan base that would be stoked on that
1: that would be cool i play. i played in moscow once
0: whoa which is interesting (laughs) (laughs) that's crazy
1: but yeah so hopefully tour and yeah, was, I can't wait to get the record out. Yeah, At this point I'm just like cuz I've been working on the songs for like a year.
0: Oh wow. So it's and I'm it's like, time. You're you're getting there.
1: I know, and I'm such a uh not a worrywart, but I'm just like I don't want anything to happen where I can't release the songs. And yeah. so I'm just like I need to get them out as soon as I can. Yeah. But I don't want to get them out before I'm like 100% content with them. So I'm I, just like working hard.
0: I get that in a sense. Of I understand that my other friends that make music feel that way too. Yeah. Where I'll listen and I'll be like, this is sick. Put it out. What are you talking about? I'm like, you don't understand. This (laughs) needs to be perfect. This needs to be perfect. And like, I do get it. Because like once you ship it, it's out, right? Mm -hmm. There it is.
1: Oh, there's still songs I listen to where I'm like, I should have changed that. Yeah. It's like nothing you can do. (laughs) So many
0: of my friends will say that to me. What are you talking about? That sounds sick. But it just is what it is, I guess. Yeah. So the last piece that I always do is... If you could go back in time, and this is completely up to you, okay. um, but like a part in your life where you had some amount of like uncertainty or maybe the most amount of uncertainty, like if you could go back to that version of yourself where you didn't know what you were going to do and you're just figuring it out, if you could then go to that person that you are now and give that version of yourself some of advice, Yeah. where do you go back to and what do you say to that self?
1: So I would, I don't know at what point, because I always, there's always been a point, maybe like a few times a year <laughs> where I'm like, even now, like yeah. I still doubt myself or whatever. But I would just go back to, I think the hardest point, uh, two years, in 2017, I was going through a hard time, but I would say like 20 One year old me, like when I went to Florida and I was just like, my life was just did not know what I want to do, just like to hang in there and things will be okay. Just, um, I think like for me the most important thing was always just like be able to do what I love and then to be able to like find something that like my mom is always like, are you working? Are you working right now, honey? Like, did I bother you? I'm like, I'm not. I don't see this as work. Like, I'm just like having yeah. fun and but I would just tell myself to hang out, hang in there and, and to just keep doing what I love doing and yeah
0: that's cool that's cool to hear that from you especially because like you are so honest and candid about the fact where you're like I still can't believe it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's cool that you did find your thing and that kid that was obsessing over music blogs and like you found that sound you found analog synths you found just you, like computer yeah. magic became its own thing. like yeah. you have your inspirations, and it's very defined. And you hung in there.
1: Yeah,
0: that's cool. Yeah. Well, shoot! I think we did the thing.
1: Yeah, we did it. This was
0: sick. I'm so glad this worked out. Yeah, like, me
1: too. Thanks, Frank. For yeah. Mucking- <laughs> Thanks, Bud. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having
0: good friends, Frank. <laughs> I'm proud
1: of up. <laughs> <laughs> ah.
0: And i'm glad we're able to synth up like sync <laughs> up all right there it okay. is
1: thanks for having me
0: yeah so there you have it dan's or computer magic my new friend i really like this episode it's sometimes so fun to meet somebody that you really don't know the story of at all and be so pleasantly surprised and find out all these new things and that was exactly what this episode was for me so i really really loved it i hope you did too if you did please share it um on both ends it helps so much like i want to see her project keep going crazier i mean she's already made so much of a name for herself and is doing so well but i I really think that this might be a genre that not every not all of my listeners know uh if you aren't familiar please go listen because it's so good uh, you can find her everywhere. Just Google Computer Magic, Spotify, Apple Music, Computer Magic. Her Instagram is Dans, D A N Z underscore C M. And then her Twitter is Z Dans. So Z D A N Z. If you did like it, make sure to share the episode, tag her, follow her, let her know, all that good stuff. Uh, as always, I'm Andrew underscore F T W think that's about all. I'm going to work on getting you guys more episodes. Again, I'm kind of still down and out with the old broken leg, but as many episodes as I can, as many people as I can find down here in Florida, maybe I'll do some episodes where I call and do some stuff over the phone.